Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to a brand new season, but the same old shoddy team of the Forza Italian Football Podcast. Um, just want to start things off really well. Welcome to a brand new... There's the first mistake of the season, guys. But um, just to start things off, I want to apologise in advance for Nicholas Carroll's audio quality. Because I'm not sure if he'll actually last the duration of this podcast, but... Nick, welcome back, and maybe just explain to people why your internet is so terrible. I'm very excited to be talking to you, Rich. It's good to be back. It's been an excruciatingly long off-season, but happy to be talking Serie A once again. I am, as mentioned, I am actually in Italy, in Catania at the moment, and yeah, internet is kind of dial-up speeds, it seems, so... I am definitely on struggle street, but um, if I do drop out, that's the reason. So uh, please do continue on without me if need be. That last 30 seconds was actually the best bit of audio we've had from you all night so far. So the sound is <laughs> good. Um, also returning for fresh food. Right, Nick, don't speak over me because your audio is bad enough. It just sounds like a robot. Also returning fresh for the new season is Luca Gumby. Luca, how's everything? I saw you recently enough over here in Dublin for the Sampdoria game. How's everything since then? Yeah, everything's fine. Just sort of uh, back to the usual rhythm of working and looking forward to a season that should be a bit more a bit more interesting and spurred on for my most recent experience of live football at uh, Bohemians Bray, a, a cracking <laughs> goalless draw. One of the worst matches I've been to this season, I should add. Um, you picked a bad time to go to a break game. But anyway, people aren't cheering in to hear about League of Ireland. People over here don't even care about that. Let's talk Serie A. Um, let's look ahead to the new season. And I suppose it makes sense to start with the Serie A champions, Juventus. Luke, I'll stick with you just so Nick's internet can have a rest and maybe 
be ready for when I do speak to him. But is this the toughest title defense they've had yet? You would assume so, in that losing a key player in Benucci to a direct rival is not going to really get their morale going. It's not really putting out the sign that they're the this untouchable team at the top. And then they lost the Super Cup, but they almost rescued it. And then you kind of think, oh, typical Juventus are back there leveling games at the end, but then they conceded a, a goal right at the end there again. And it's just a bit of they seem to lack a kind of player in the midfield that they perhaps need someone who can sort of control games, dominate from midfield. And it does seem a lot more open this year in Serie A, which is a good thing because it was starting to get somewhat dull with Juventus winning all the time, no matter how good a team they were. But also the potential hanger of losing in that Champions League final, that that one big chance perhaps for Buffon to get that, that's something that could be an issue. Perhaps he's, you would assume he's been on the way out, Chesney's there, so it's going to have to be a sort of balancing goal and perhaps this is kind of the end of a, an era there for, for Juve. Yeah, Nick, I'll bring you in. Luca touched on it, Leonardo Bonucci has left and he's gone to AC Milan. How big of a loss will he be? Because we kind of saw that the BBC was no more really with the change to a 4-2-3-1. But of those defenders, it was Barzali who was expected to be moved on first. So how big of a loss is Benucci to Juve? To be honest, I don't think you could have taken another player out of that team and made as much of a difference as taking Benucci is. I think he was that that much part of that team and of that team for, for a amount of years now. He's been central to that BBC, as you mentioned. Um, Juve's strength, has, as we all know, has been the defence, and they've always built a strong defence, irrelevant of what's been going on in midfield and the attack. And now they've completely gutted that defence, taken arguably the most important play in, in terms of a leader in that defence, and that's that's it. That's their, their biggest strength has been taken away, and going to this season for the first time, you're looking at the defence and you're thinking, actually, you might not have the best defence in Serie anymore, which is... Yeah, Nick, I'll just jump in and cut you off there. Um, the audio's getting a bit shaky. I'll throw it over to Luca. They've brought in Mattia De Chilio to kind of reinforce that defence. And obviously they've got Rugani there ready to come through. Mattia Caldara will go back at the end of this season. But... Their defence is a bit shaky this year, isn't it? Yeah, De Chilio wouldn't have been sort of what the Juve fans were clamouring for. It was just kind of a, a transfer of convenience and he's not really done much recently. He's been, he was touted for great things when he was younger, but then he's just sort of been average at Milan. And yeah, the, just the, the kind of everything that Benucci brought will just be a great miss to them, that sort of ball-playing defender, the ability to possible a few few defenders better than that then even perhaps there might be some worries that Chiellini could sort of be on the wane soon I think there was some talk of uh, him having a bit of an issue with um, Allegri after the, the Supercoppa final there's just some footage of them having a few words on uh, touchlines that's probably just you know it's probably just drawing too much from just average kind of conversations always going to get between people but that, that kind of defence isn't Perhaps what what you would have expected of Juve going into the season with Benucci just coming out of nowhere, leaving the team like that. It's just perhaps as well that's just could be a huge mental thing as well. And there's going to be a lot more pressure on the likes of Rugani to step up. And 
he, you would assume he's good enough, but it's just kind of that, kind of adapting to this new future now for that team because he was, as Nick was saying, probably the core and the kind of heartbeat of that team. Yeah, well, they've also brought in, moving up the pitch, Federico Bernardeschi from Fiorentina and Douglas Costa. Um, Nick, how do you think they'll get on? I'm not too convinced about Bernardeschi myself, but I think Costa could be a really good addition. Do you think they'll settle in well in Turin? Yeah, it's unknown for me. I, I hope he does well. I'd like to see him kind of develop into something a lot better and go, get up to the next level, but I have my doubts. But certainly Douglas Costa, I think that the most exciting thing for you. Um, I, I was actually at the game against uh, Tottenham and then in the Supercopa when he came on, he made such a big difference, provided so much energy and options down the flank. Um, so I think he'll be one of their standouts, if not their biggest standout this season. And I'd be really excited to see what kind of combination he can um, draw and build with um, Paolo Dybala. Nick, I'll stick with you because your audio seems to have warmed up a little bit as that answer went on. Um, the real talk of the summer this year has been AC Milan and their free spending in the transfer market. Is it too much to expect a serious title challenge from them this year, given the amount of change that's taken place there? I think so. I, I don't think it's a realistic uh, goal, for, goal for the... F- I, don't, I don't think... Anyone should expect Montella to be able to work the magic and have his team. All right, Nick, just you're cutting off again. I'm going to throw it over to Luca. We'll give you one more chance yeah, yeah. a bit, and then if not, we'll just let you go. Me and Luca will take it on from here. Luca, they've signed a lot of players Frank Cassie, Andrea Conte, Andre Silva, Lucas Bilia, Benucci, as we mentioned, and there's probably more there. But which of these do you think? has the potential to be the most exciting or the most important player? It's, uh, well, I think, like, Bonucci, we've been speaking about him already, that kind of just goes without saying, especially coming from a, a direct rival. But then, other, other than him, I think uh, Frank Kessie was certainly, like, he could do very well there. He, he proved at Atalanta that he's capable, kind of, he scores a few goals, he's strong, he's physical, he gets around the pitch, he's got good positioning. I think Kessie could certainly be one um, one to keep an eye on. And then again, uh, Chalanoglu, which is a kind of a signing that sort of seems to come out from nowhere in a way. He was kind of a player who's been off on a ban, he'll have something to prove, and he's shown already that he's a very technically gifted player. He's famous for his free kicks, but I think he can do a lot more than that. He's just a very good player, he can pick a pass. And then, um, yeah, I think yeah, he'll be an interesting player to see him. Um, in Serie A because when he was at Leverkusen he always looked quite an interesting prospect and he wasn't necessarily the kind of player you necessarily expect to see wind up at a Serie A club but then he's had what about six months off now and he'll determine to prove himself he should be fresh so it'll be quite interesting to see what kind of impact he could have I think perhaps they, they still want to bring in a striker but other than that I think yeah they've certainly brought in a lot of good players I think it's perhaps a bit too early for them to be challenging for the title it's not kind of always the the dumb thing in Serie A where perhaps in the Premier League people get over excited about signings and then just think, oh, we've got these, it'll take a while to click, but they've certainly brought in a lot of these players and they should be moving on up. Yeah, I think Chalamoglu is one of the better additions they've brought in going forward because they've made additions to defence and midfield, but um, I don't know if you can hear the dog crying in the background there. 
this is a disaster of a first podcast, but we'll crack on with it anyway. Um, personally, I think Andrea Conti is a huge addition to that team. He is such an upgrade on the Shilio, and having seen him play regularly last year, I think he's probably one of the better fullbacks in Europe at the moment, and he's got the potential to just explode in the next couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, Gianluigi Donnarumma was linked with a move away earlier in the summer, but Luca, how important is it that he has stayed at the San Siro? Yeah, it's key because when he was... And there was all this talk of him leaving. It was so negative, the atmosphere about Milan. It was oh, like all this sort of kind of progress of giving this young player a, a chance and he just betrayed them. And then he, he eventually stayed. They brought in all these signings and that kind of just changed the whole atmosphere around. Perhaps uh, perhaps the best signing will turn out to be uh, his brother as well, Antonio Donnarumma, just been brought in <laughs> to keep him happy. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I could imagine if I was a Milan director, it would be kind of tempting to just put Antonio in ahead of uh, Gianluigi for a couple of games just to uh, have a few words with him after he said he was off. But yeah, it is vital. It was just the atmosphere was so negative at that club when he was bound to leave and it would have been quite a difficult task for him to find a goalkeeper to replace him. And But the, yeah, the, just to keep him, it's just spared the whole team. It's kind of galvanised everyone and he's still so young that he's going to offer them so much going forward and he should only get better. All right. Um, quickly, out of the two Milan clubs, who do you think finishes higher, AC or Inter? Uh, I, I would assume it'd be Milan, but I, I don't think Inter should be underrated. But just because they've not been as active, they've perhaps got the kind of the star quality of Milan, which I think will propel Milan. But I think it'd be quite close, quite, quite close. Fair. I think I could see Milan probably finishing third and into fourth. That seems completely feasible to me. Nick, we'll try to bring you back in because we're going to move on to Inter and everyone knows by now that you are the go-to guy when it comes to Inter talk. It's been a quiet summer by their standards, but I actually think that might be a good thing. What What are your thoughts? Uh, it's been probably the best summer for me as an Inter fan. There's some thought to purchases that are going on, so that's always nice. It's clear that... Um, yeah, they're, they're not looking so short-term anymore, which is good. So I'm quite happy for them. You know, I don't think Inter should be looking to win the title next season. That's just, I think maybe that's where they've gone wrong. They've been trying to look for too much too soon. They need to build that team. And I think Luciano Spalletti is someone who can build. So there's been some smart purchases. Um, and for once, they've actually bought a wide defender. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. We see Yuturo Nagatomo or Christian Ansaldi running down the left. It's, um, yeah, it's incredible. So, Inter, um, I think Inter fans have a lot of reasons to be quietly confident this season. I don't think, as from what Lucas said, I think Milan favourites to probably finish above them. But I think a lot of Nerazzurri fans will have a bit of quiet confidence about them. Um, just a question. Has Andrea Ranocchia gone back to Inter this summer? As yes. We're all very excited. Your problems <laughs> are solved, Nick. You can do whatever job you want them to do. Well, yeah. Well, actually, you've just kind of spoken to the, the, the main weakness that still exists in centre-back now. Miranda is there by himself with uh, the options being... 
Andrea Renokia. Um, <laughs> Skrinea. Or Milan Skrinia from Sampdoria. So um, Skrinia obviously has shown some potential, but I'm not sure he's that kind of world-class back that Inter is probably looking for or needs. What's happened with your boy, Trent Sainsbury? Trent, uh, he's gone back and look like he's going to be there for too long. So I think he might end up in some second division club in Europe, in Germany or Belgium or something like that. Oh, no, a side note, I did get a signed jersey from Sainsbury. That's a little nice little memento from his uh, 21 minute or was 19 minutes playing with the Nerazzurri shirt. Very exciting, very exciting. I'm, I'm happy for you, Nick. Sincerely, I am. Um, Thanks. <laughs> and just get your thoughts on that as well. Who do you think would finish higher out of Milan or Inter this season? Because it's going to be an interesting little battle they have coming up. Yeah, I think same as um, Luke, have the stars and possibly the quality that they should finish above Inter. But I think it will be relatively close. I, for me, you know, I'm probably sure. I'm sure you'll go through the predictions later. But I think um, after the first two clubs, it'll be quite a close run for the for the remaining Champions League positions. Yeah, well, one of the first two clubs that I'm sure you're referring to there are Napoli, and I don't know about you. Both, I said at the end of last season, and I'm sticking by it that this is the year that Napoli will actually win the Scudetto. Juventus are a bit weakened, even more so than I expected them to be at the beginning of the summer. But Napoli have just kept all of their key players there, which they didn't do last season, obviously, with Higuain leaving. And they brought in Adam Unas as well from Bordeaux. So they look quite good. They've been quietly impressive in pre-season. Luca, how do you rate their chances this year? Can they finally stop Juve's dominance? Uh, I think they'd be my... If anyone's going to stop Juve, it's Napoli. For me, I, I wouldn't say that they are going to. I don't. I don't think they necessarily will, like you said. But I think if it's anyone, it's them, and it'll be, it'll be very tight. I think the players kind of have this kind of sense about them that it could be there. Yeah, I think they all have this kind of pact to to come off pre-season holidays early and get to work before before they were necessarily expected to, because they think yeah that this could be their year, and if they keep everyone. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. They perhaps didn't last year with Millet getting injured so early on, even though that kind of didn't really have that much of an impact on them. I think they could they could really, really do. I think Sarri has kind of shown that he's probably, at the moment, the best kind of coach in Serie A. He's getting the most out of these players. They're not necessarily spending huge amounts of money, but Unas seems an exciting young player. I haven't really seen much of him, but he seems another option in this kind of attack, which can do so much. And then like, even some of the stuff they've done in pre-season, they really seem to be this kind of well-oiled machine. They can play from the back and get the ball straight up the pitch. Um with everyone kind of getting a few touches on and the scoring goals, it's just perhaps the defence and the goalkeeper will still be kind of the Achilles heel for that team. But with the strength of that attack and how well coached they are, if they really do play to their levels, it's going to, I think, be them who who stops Juve. And this does look like the year. It won't be easy, but I think they will give it a real go this year. It's just perhaps also Champions League could be a distraction for them. Yeah, over the summer, I've just I've fallen in love with Napoli a little bit. Luca, when you were over here, we were speaking about it a little bit. But there were, I saw videos of Maurizio Sarri's training sessions and how he uses a drone to monitor the players' positioning and he kind of drags them around. And it kind of feeds into why when they move forward in these free-flowing attacks, everyone just knows exactly where they're supposed to be. There was another video I tweeted out, I retweeted it yesterday about their set pieces and how they exploit the man marking system and it's just remarkable head over to my twitter and try and find that because it's really worth watching the attention to detail that sari has is amazing and i think napoli and sari definitely do deserve to win a title and i'm confident that this can be their year nick have you any thoughts on napoli yourself i know you were a big fan of theirs come the last few months of last season as well yeah, I, th- I think many neutral, any neutral football fans of or Serie A fans would would love to watch Napoli play. They're an exciting team, and to be honest, I'm kind of with you on this, Connor. I do think that they can actually get Juventus this season. I think obviously the Bianconeri should rightly be favourites for the Scudetto, but I don't know. I feel like everything's kind of coming together really well for them. They had a a longer than usual um, camp over the off season. And as you mentioned, they've kept that team together. And if this team's growing nations more and more, they've got those young players that are developing more. Um, There's just so much to be excited about. And I I don't know, um, Luca mentioned the Champions League. And while that could be a distraction, part of me also thinks that Juventus is probably more concerned about the Champions League than Napoli. So 
I think Juve, that still remains their, their one kind of goal that they've just been missing out on. So if they if Juve remains in it, that, that could possibly take away their focus. And if Napoli can stay consistent as they did towards the end of last season, then I don't know. I, I, I think they can be a more consistent team looking at that squad. Yeah, absolutely. I think Juventus are kind of starting to remind me of Chelsea about 10 years ago when they had won the Premier League a couple of times and they just became obsessed with the Champions League. And I kind of think Juventus are falling into that trap themselves and they might kind of take their eye off the ball in Serie A this year. Because let's be honest, they've won it six times in a row. They're bound to slip up sooner or later. Um, Moving on to a team that finished above Napoli remarkably last season. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but Roma finished second if I remember correctly, but they've just been a bit of a supermarket this summer. Um, Rudiger's gone, Salah's gone, Paredes is gone, Totti obviously retired. It's going to be a difficult season for Di Francesco's first year in charge at the Stadio Olimpico. Luca, what happens this year with Roma? Yeah, I think it was kind of always set up to be difficult for them with Totti going. That is kind of the definitive end of an era thing with Roma. They're going to have to rebuild and I suppose with Monchi in like that's perhaps the ideal man to do that and they, they do seem to kind of be backing him in but sort of perversely by selling players they're, they're willing to let their stars go and bring all this faith into into young players they've got this Turkish striker in Singesunda like perhaps not that many people know about him in Italy so there'll be a lot of pressure on him but Di Francesco at Sassuolo kind of made his name with getting the most out of these young players and sort of having kind of a a real system that he stuck to, this kind of principles, kind of as a as a manager. I think it would definitely be, be tough for them. They got smashed by Celta Vigo just yesterday. I think in pre-season, which doesn't necessarily mean that much, but I think it will be very much a kind of rebuilding year. They've still got this stadium hanging over them, but it will be tough. I think eventually, perhaps the the monkey Monchi backing him and sort of having this kind of commitment to letting players go and then reinvesting in young players who then kind of cyclically go will eventually pay off as it did with Sevilla. It's just, it, it looks quite tough this year. I don't really see them necessarily challenging for the Scudetto at all, but I think they, they will be up there and getting into Europe and it, it's just might be a bit more difficult and I think there will be some patience needed, which isn't necessarily afforded to to managers in such a kind of environment as in as at Roma, like when they previously tried to rebuild with Luis Enrique and all that kind of stuff which failed. So it'll be interesting, it'll be difficult for them, but I think slowly they'll they'll get back to where they want to be. Nick, what do you think for Roma's chances this season? Will they do they risk falling out of the top four of the Champions League places? I think so, yeah. I it's it's difficult and here and I'll probably say this a lot across the season, but Di Francesca needs some time there, and that could very well mean one or two seasons to almost restart that squad. It is very much a new era for Roma, so he needs time to develop. And maybe it might very well mean that they drop out of the Champions League for a season, which, of course, financially it's not going to be. You know, these things happens over, uh, happens as we've seen with Inter and Milan in recent seasons. Um, to this season, I, I honestly, I think it's going to be a race between Roma, Inter um, for the final uh, Champions League position. Um, 
I, I personally see into getting the fourth spot. I just, I just think, um, and particularly, you know, in the attacking side, you mentioned Mohamed Salah, that combination, not only in terms of what he was providing, but what he was doing for Eden Dzeko. Um, so if Eden Dzeko firstly doesn't have that provider for him, which I think it was the, um, the biggest combination in terms of goals scored last season. But not only that, but if he stops, if his goals dry up again, then we could go back to a season before last where, I mean, we all probably remember how, how the kind of form that Jekko was providing week in, week out, which was not great. So it's a huge loss. The defence is questionable. It was the positive that now it looks like the Manalas will stay, which would have been a which would have put them 100% in my mind out the running for the Champions League. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a difficult one. If they could get fourth spot, I think that's a huge win for Roma and De Francesco. All right. Um, that'll do with going through club by club at the top then. Coming up from Serie B, Benevento, Spal and Hellas Verona are back. How are they going to get on, Luca? You've obviously, maybe not last season, but previously seen a fair bit of Alas Verona, happy to have them and the others in Serie A. Um, yeah, I think Benevento, interesting. Have a have another southern team and another team going in for their first go in, in the division. I think Verona could be quite an odd team. They've got lots of these experienced players: Pazzini, Cerci, uh, Caceres has come in, so they'll have to really kind of rely on them. Otherwise, it's mostly the team from Serie B, which wasn't really setting Serie B alight, but they they perhaps will also benefit from they've managed to get the Cassano inevitable saga out of the way before the season. That's just done now, he's gone. Uh, I think Spal could be a side to watch. They've, they've made quite a few signings. They've got Poloski in, who has previously shown he's good at that level with Chievo, and uh, Federico Viviani, who was sort of touted to do quite a lot when he was a Roma when he was younger, but hasn't quite worked out, but he's still Shown himself to be a good player and he can score a few from free kicks. Whereas Benevento, perhaps they'll sort of aim to follow the the example set by Crotone last year, where they kind of just keep it as it is, try not to make too many changes with um, moving up to top flight. They're not bringing in loads of well-known players or anything like that, but they just sort of keep a, a team together and just see what they can do without necessarily panicking and sort of trying to overreach themselves in the transfer market they they might be able to have a chance it looks like it'd be tough for them for just with how small a club they are but be interesting to see how it goes and there's quite a few interesting teams who've come up all right then we'll move on to our our own little predictions then for the season we've kind of been putting these together for the side anyway so it makes sense to start with the top four in order i've gone for napoli juventus inter and milan Nick, what are yours? Napoli, yes, Nick, I think this might be the end of you. I just about got some of that. Um, Luca, top four predictions? Uh, Juve, Napoli, Milan, Inter. You have to spoil everyone's fun by going for Juve to win it again, don't you, Luca? Cheers. Well, I, it's not because it's what I want to well, it's because I'd rather the Napoli won it as well. I think that makes it less likely to happen. <laughs> That's fair enough. I can accept that. And to be relegated, then, I've gone for Spal and Benevento, unfortunately. And then 
I went for Genoa. Look, I know you didn't agree that, with this, but my reasoning is there's probably about eight teams that could just randomly end up down there because I don't think the quality is that much different in the bottom half of the table. And I think we saw last season that Genoa nearly got sucked into it. So I think they might fall into that trap again this season. And their city rival Sampdoria could be in a bit of trouble as well, as I'm sure you will be worrying about. But who have you gone? Who have you tipped for relegation? Uh, I would say Crotone after their miracle. Probably I'm going to be able to do it again. Um, I think Cagliari could perhaps struggle. Uh and yeah, Benevento. But I like you said, there's kind of a lot of teams that aren't really gonna be aiming for much more than to stay up and it is quite easy for them to get dragged down. Perhaps even someone like Sassuolo who's been doing so well could could be looking over their shoulder next year. Yeah, and obviously losing to Francesco Pellegrini and the Frail all to Roma will be a bit of will be a bit problematic for Sassuolo. Nick has sent his predictions for relegation through and he has gone with Atalanta because he's an idiot, Benevento and Spal, but um, he's corrected himself and put Crotone in instead of Atalanta, which... He has a point, though. Atalanta could very well struggle, do you not think? I did at the start of the summer, but they've only lost Conti and Kessie, and they've brought in enough players to handle it. I can see them finishing top half easily enough this season, but we won't get into that now. Um, who else? What other predictions have we got? Okay, top goal scorer. I'm going boring here with Gonzalo Higuain. Luca. Uh, yeah, the boring. Following you. Yeah, Nick's gone for Dries Martins, which would be amazing if he could repeat the form he showed last year. And then player to watch. Try not to pick an obvious one. I've gone through Lucas Torreira from Samp. He was impressive last season. I thought he was brilliant in Dublin against Manchester United. And I think they'll struggle this year. So kind of a a midfielder like him will kind of stand out. Nick has gone for Douglas Costa because he's boring. Luca, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think Chalanoglu could be a lot of fun. And then I guess, what do you want to see from your club? Samp, I'm sure people know. They'll struggle, but what are you expecting from them or what are you hoping from them this year? Oh, I think they'll they'll struggle quite a bit this year. I think I'd, I'd hope they sign a striker because at the moment they haven't really got one. It's just sort of Quagliarella and Bonazzoli. But I'd quite like to see Bonazzoli get a few games. He he won the um, Player of the Tournament award when he was into the uh, Via Reggio Cup, and he was touted for some sort of progress and to be one of the better young Italian strikers. He was off on loan last year, so I'd like to see them give him bit of a chance and then otherwise I'd like to see them keep Schick because I think he'll be, he could be a great sign-in wherever he ends up but it doesn't look like it's going to happen now but just yeah I think they'll just tod along I'm not really hoping for much just not to go down I was getting one striker and then not sell anyone who's remotely good as soon as they get the chances they uh, have a bit of a tendency to do at the moment if you get big Marco Barriello in he'll keep you up safely um, like he will do with Calgary this year Nick wants for Inter to keep the same coach for more than three months, which I think might be asking for a little bit too much, Nick. Um, and then last one of these quick questions, and difficult to do by the nature of it, but Atalanta were a shock last year. We've had shocks from Sassuolo before. If you were predict anything to be a surprise in Serie A this year, what do you think? I think Spal could surprise some people. Two, two straight promotions feel good. Kind of a historic little club. Everyone in Ferrara is happy. 
they've made a few shrewd signings, it seems. I think I think they could uh, do something, and I think people will be quite happy to get behind them. Nick's gone for the South to rise and Crotone and Benevento both to survive. Optimistic, I'm sure, but um, let's let's hope so because it's nice having a bit of diversity in Serie A. Obviously, I predict Atalanta to qualify for the Champions League, but enough on that. That brings our first podcast of the season to an end. Apologies again about the sound quality and the problems with Nick and my own idiocy, but Luca was probably the most professional throughout until the end with the microphone issue. But um, we've had a fair few new patrons over on patreon.com forward slash Forza Italian football over the summer. So thank you very much for all of those who have signed up. If you aren't already signed up and you like what we do, then head over, as I said, to patreon.com forward slash Forza Italian football and donate as little as you can or as much as you can, depending on how much you like us and how much you can afford to give us. Um, check out the site, ForzaItalianFootball.com. We've got season previews of all the top seven clubs coming up in the next couple of days. There'll be some videos from Nick and Vieri to go along with those and top five players to look out for this season, all that sort of thing. You can follow us on Twitter at Serie FFC, Facebook and Instagram at Forza Italian Football. I'm on Twitter at Concalcio. Nick is at Nick Z. Carol. Luca is at Gumby Zono. And that basically brings us to an end for the first week. Thank you very much for sticking with us. We'll be back again next week. Keep an eye on the site and Twitter. But until next time, it's ciao for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 